welcome to Haven Today at Christmas time. A season of singing, more than holiday cookies and candy. It's the singing that I love most at Christmas time. And how my heart soars when my wife and I get to hear a live performance of Handel's Messiah. This three centuries old oratorio is filled with scripture showing how the Old Testament points to the coming of Christ and how the New Testament reveals the incarnate deity, Jesus, our Emmanuel. So I must admit that after listening to Handel's masterpiece, it's a little hard to hear the cotton candy-filled lyrics of some popular Christmas songs today. Sure, rocking around the Christmas tree and deck the halls are fun songs, but so many of them are missing Jesus. Paul encouraged Timothy to remember Jesus Christ in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and how we need to remind the world of this truth this year. Christ alone can bring true joy and worship this season and all year long. I'm Charles Morris, and here we are a week away from Christmas, and I'm looking forward to sharing this Christmas series with you called Heartwarming Stories of Christmas. Have you ever given someone you loved something you thought was the perfect gift and then had it rejected? You shopped and shopped, looking for just the right thing. You dug deep in your pockets. You wrapped it with love. And when the moment arrived, you gave it to them, expecting them to be pleased. But instead, they didn't take much notice. Or they didn't like it. Or worse, they even rejected it. Well, in just a moment, we're going to hear a heartbreaking story where that happened to an eight-year-old boy who bought a Christmas tree for his poor family, and they became upset with him. But then we'll turn to God's Word, and we'll see how God gave a gift, the gift of Jesus, to the world. Will we accept it, or will we reject it? Please stay with me, and I pray you'll be encouraged. Well, isn't it amazing how quickly the year flew by? Christmas is only a week away. Two weeks from now, 2024, where has all the time gone? And even as I reflect now on what God has done in 2023, I'm looking at my brand new 2024 Haven calendar. Yes, I'm actually holding it in my hand right now as we speak. And the theme is just blowing me away. Celebrating 90 years of ministry. Yes, this coming year, you heard me right, Haven Ministries has a pretty big birthday. And we put together a calendar that looks like a yearbook with photos and stories covering the last 90 years of ministry. From the beginning, First Mate Bob to the Haven Quartet to El Fado, our Spanish program, each month you're going to be reminded of God's faithfulness with scripture and stories and photos of God's faithfulness through the years. So, with 2023 winding down, I want to send you our brand new 2024 calendar, 90 Years of Ministry, for your year-end gift. Your support will help Haven Ministries point you and countless others to Jesus in the year ahead. Go online and make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us after the program at 800 65 Haven, 865 Haven. And there's still time to send a loved one a Christ centered Christmas gift 
if you ask for expedited shipping. We still have the John Rutter Christmas album and the Kingdom of God Bible Storybook set for your gift to Haven Today. And now let's open the program with Faith Hill and, of course, the Christmas carol that we all know and love and sing so often this time of year, Joy to the World. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing, and heaven and heaven and nature sing. That's the type of song I really enjoy beginning a Christmas program with. Faith Hill, along with a mighty orchestra full of brass and a powerful choir behind her, singing Joy to the World from her album of the same name. I'm Charles Morris, here with A Haven Today, and we're calling this Monday program Heartwarming Christmas Stories, our first in a series this week. The story I want to share with you today does not start heartwarming, I must say. But don't leave me. Hear how the Lord did a great work of redemption. Our story today goes back to 1949. It's one that John will always remember, as it was Christmas and his family didn't have a tree. His mother told him they couldn't afford one, but he thought if they had one, it would make his parents happy. So he took matters into his own hands. It was three days before Christmas. He was out collecting for his paper route. It was fairly late, long after dark. He went to an apartment building to try and find a customer who hadn't paid him for nearly two months. And much to his surprise, she was at home. She not only invited him in and paid him, she gave him a dollar tip. He had in his possession eight whole dollars, a lot of money, in 1949. On the way home, he walked past a Christmas tree lot, and the idea hit him he should buy a tree. 
He imagined how happy his parents would be. The selection wasn't too good because it was so close to Christmas, but there was this one really nice tree for $10. John pulled out his $8, and the man took pity on him. With joy, John drugged that tree all the way home. It was about a mile, and when he got home, he propped it up against the railing on the front porch, and he burst into the house with excitement to announce that he had a surprise. He led his mom and dad out the front door, and then he switched on the porch light. Where did you get that tree? His mother asked him, and she obviously was not pleased. I bought it up on Main Street. Isn't it just the most perfect tree you ever saw? Where did you get that money? She wanted to know. From my paper route, he explained about the customer who had paid him. And you spent the whole eight dollars on this tree? She went into a tirade about how stupid it was to spend his money on something that would be thrown out and, and disposed of in a few days. And then she snapped off the porch light and said, leave it there. I don't want it in the house. I've been thinking about that story and how it illustrates the vulnerability that comes from gift giving. There's a natural desire we have to please the ones we love, and giving gifts is a universal way we do that. We give a gift expecting that the other person will receive it with delight and be pleased, not just with the gift, but with us for giving it. Gift giving, a universal language of love, and at Christmas, of course, that's what we do. We give gifts. At that moment, when a very special gift is opened by a very special person, it can happen. We can be rejected, just like John was that day when he was only eight. It can be so crushing. But there is a redemptive end to John's story. At the very heart of Christmas, there is a gift giving, a vulnerable act of love. God the Father gave us Jesus as a gift, and the language of that gift is love. From the beginning of time, the Father planned and waited until the moment would finally arrive when he would switch on the porch light and reveal his indescribable gift to the world. That's what Paul calls it. In 1 Corinthians, he says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift, the gift of his Son. We have been given the most precious, the most remarkable gift, so shockingly precious that it defies words. It's indescribable. And the language of that gift is love. It speaks of an indescribable love. God so loved us that he gave us his son. He switched on the porch light in heaven and revealed his gift to the world for the very first time in Luke 2. Verse 8, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. 
You keep reading in Luke, and there are people who respond to the gift the way they're meant to respond, who see it as an act of unimaginable love that God would give us his son and give him to us as a savior that he would wrap everything we need up in this one glorious package and give it to us, that he would take the most precious thing in the universe, his very own son, only begotten son, to be with us, to die for us, to be raised for us, to be our salvation and our heart's desire. What can we say but thanks be to God for this indescribable gift? But there were people who slammed the door on the gift and refused it. There were people who didn't value the gift. That's the vulnerability of gift-giving. I know that God isn't like us. He isn't vulnerable the way we are. But still, we see Jesus weeping over those in Jerusalem who refused to come to him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. They despised the gift of God's only begotten Son, John 1.11. But there were others who received it for what it was, the indescribable gift of God given with great love, and they responded with awe and joy and overflowing gratitude. For centuries, it has been the same. Some reject the gift, others receive it with joy, like the shepherds and Mary, as Luke described the manger scene in the second chapter of Luke. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, What a legacy. The Haven of Rest Quartet has left this ministry an a cappella version of Silent Night. Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris at Christmas time. For every one of us who are believers, there was a time in our life when the porch light was switched on, and we beheld the precious gift that was given on that silent night 2,000 years ago. We saw it. And we received it, and we worshiped God with joy and gratitude. This Christmas, in the midst of a world that mostly rejects the gift, may we see it again and receive it with all of our attention, 
all of our awe and amazement, and with all of our love and gratitude. May we know that we have been given a gift of love that is truly indescribable, this gift of Jesus. And maybe that gift has so moved you with gratitude that you would want to give a gift in return. You want to find something you can give to Jesus that will delight his heart? That's what love wants to do. It wants to give gifts. You see it in the story I told earlier. Eight-year-old John's heart was filled. He had a yearning to give his parents a gift. He wanted to please them. And the heartbreak of that story was that he did not. His mother wasn't pleased and rejected his gift. But that's not what happens when we give gifts to Jesus. Anything we give to Jesus in love will always please him. Even if it's marred with sin, which it always is, he will not see the imperfections, but he will see the love, and he will be delighted, and he will smile. C.S. Lewis said that deep down in our souls, there is a desire to see that smile. We're like children who love to make our parents proud of us. We have a yearning to delight in the heart of God, to please God to be a real ingredient in divine happiness, to be loved by God, not merely pitied, but delighted in, as an artist delights in his work, or a father in his son or daughter. It seems impossible, a weight or burden of glory which our thoughts can hardly sustain. But so it is. And yes, I've used that before. That's from C.S. Lewis's Weight of Glory. We know as believers that we can't earn our salvation, Nothing we can do is ever going to make us acceptable in God's sight. But we also know that Jesus has done that for us. He's earned us our salvation. He's made us acceptable in God's sight by his death and resurrection. And now part of the joy of that salvation is that we can please him. We can give him gifts freely for no other reason except that we love him. And we can know that whenever we do that, he will be pleased. We will delight his heart. We can have the joy of pleasing the one we love with our gifts this Christmas. And as C.S. Lewis put it, we can be a real ingredient in divine happiness. Paul told us in Ephesians 5.10 that we should find out what pleases the Lord. Just like we listen for hints about what would really please the ones we love when we're making up our Christmas lists, we can listen for the hints that Jesus provides. And Jesus gave us these very strong hints about what pleases him the most. He's pleased when we trust him. And he's pleased when we repent. And he's pleased when we believe the gospel deeply and take it to heart and live in the joy of it. He's pleased when we worship and overflow with gratitude. But the, the greatest hint Jesus gives us was there in John thirteen thirty four. He pretty much tells us that what pleases him most is when we take all of that grace and turn it around and share it with others. Love one another as I have loved you, he said. That's what he wants when our hearts begin to love the way we have been loved. We become a huge ingredient of divine happiness. We bring joy to the heart of Jesus. Which brings me to the final chapter in the story of eight-year-old John, who spent all his paper route earnings to buy a Christmas tree for his family, only to have that gift rejected by his mother. 
years later, when John was grown and married himself, his mother was with his family for Christmas. She couldn't sleep, so she got up to make herself a cup of hot tea in the middle of the night. And she found John sitting by the fire in the living room. She said, John, do you remember that time when you bought that tree with your paper route money? She hesitated for a long moment. And then great tears started down her face and she cried. Oh, my son, please forgive me. And he did. He forgave his mother. All the bitterness he had harbored over the years, all the regret his mother had carried with her was washed away. And the reason he could do that, the reason he could give her the gift of forgiveness was simple. He knew Jesus. He knew that he had been forgiven. The best gift we can give Jesus this Christmas is to love one another as he has loved us. Follow God's example, Ephesians 4 tells us, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ also has forgiven you. Did you hear those lyrics from Love Came Down at Christmas? A love all lovely, a love divine. I just love these Christmas carols from the 100 years of nine lessons and carols produced by King's College in Cambridge. I'm Charles Morris. This is Haven Today in a program called Heartwarming Stories of Christmas. Can you believe 2023 is almost gone? And I'm looking forward to what I have on the desk in the studio right now in Southern California, the new 2024 Haven Ministries calendar. Now, my wife, Janet, and I always make our paper calendar a central point in our home. It actually goes up on our refrigerator of all places. We put up birthdays, anniversaries, get-togethers with friends, and I so find this next year's theme meaningful. Celebrating 90 Years of Ministry. 
Can you believe it? The Haven of Rest started in Hollywood in 1934. There really weren't daily Christian radio programs back then. And this coming March, we have a very big birthday. As I said earlier, this calendar is like a scrapbook full of pictures and stories and scripture that'll remind you all year long of God's faithfulness, not just to this ministry, but to you as well. So I want to send you Haven's 2024 calendar, celebrating 90 years of ministry for your year-end gift. Your support will help us point not just you, but countless others to the light and love of Christ along life's pathway in the year to come. Would you go online and make a year-end generous gift to help us meet our budget goal? Haventoday.org, haventoday.org, but ask for the calendar as well. Or call us at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. And a quick reminder, if you still need help sending a Christ-centered Christmas gift to somebody you love, there's still time to choose expedited shipping. And hopefully we can get it to you by Christmas. You could send them the John Rutter Christmas album or the Kingdom of God Bible storybook set. I'm giving my grandkids the Bible storybook, and I know the kids in your life would really be blessed by it as well. So make your gift when you call or go online, but be sure and ask for the expedited shipping. Do it right away, and we'll ship it out to them in short order. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? When again on Tuesday, together we get to share the great story at Christmas time here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. The holidays are here, and I hope you're looking forward to spending time at home with family, but it's possible the thought of going home brings not joy but dread. There's no one dreaded in the Bible who dreaded going home more than the prodigal son. He had wrecked his family's fortune, hurt his father deeply. He was only returning because he'd run out of options, but his father ran to meet him. Gave him a ring, a robe, a feast, as though his son had never made a mess of things. And you know what? You have a home like that as well. Because no matter where you've been, if you belong to Jesus, then like that father in the parable, God says to you, everything I have is yours. Anchor Devotional can help you spend time with the Lord daily. Try it out at getanchor.com.